Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. Yay! We're in. We're in. So how are you doing? Last time we spoke, you said you might have more news on Monday, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah. On Saturday, I actually got an email from my oncologist. She tried calling and I didn't. I wasn't near my phone. And she sent an email to say, we have actually have results of a mutating gene. It's the ROS1 gene. And this is more commonly seen in lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And there is targeted treatment for it. Mm-hmm. So she said, I just wanted to know you to know when I had the news in and we'll chat on Monday. Felt like good news. First thing I did was Google lung cancer. It comes up lung cancer and then um, shut my Google again, shut my laptop down again. Yeah, yeah. So then I had the call on Monday. God, where are we today? Wednesday. Okay. And she called me and said that it's good news that we found this she said but I've never treated anyone with this because I've not seen this in thyroid cancer before so I am getting my pathologists to absolutely check that this definitely isn't lung cancer and it's like okay I've already been here okay I've got to relive that now but you know she has to do her due diligence so she said, but either way, m- my colleague, who's a lung, the lung oncologist here at the Royal Marsden, has treated patients with the drug that we want to treat you with. And therefore, he will actually administer the treatment for you, okay. regardless of what cancer is. It's the right. same treatment. Okay. So I've got to get to know someone else. Oh, man. I know. And I've got to get to know his team. And I guess I get a different clinical nurse and all of that. That is... It's a bit of a drag, but anyway, it's kind of also the least of my worries. And and so again, she said, "Look, I've got my MDT on Monday, on Wednesday morning." MDT. That's um, multidisciplinary team. Okay, thank you. So they all come together, and she said, "You've got us all scratching our brains with this, Katie." Because I think now she's more, you know, she's more bedded into everything now. She's really digested it all, and she's been discussing it all. She said, I'm also going to speak to my surgeon to see, would he operate? Because obviously I've been told by the previous doctor who I was seeing originally that he wouldn't operate on me, that it was too complicated and too risky. But maybe another surgeon might think differently. So so she said to me, what you would need to do is see a cardiologist in the meantime. Because with these drugs, we we need to make sure your heart's completely fine. Um, before we put you on the drugs, but also you will see the cardiologist when mm. you're on the treatment to, to keep a check on your heart because mm. obviously that it can have impact on your heart. And so she recommended, I mean, she's already referred me to this doctor, Alex Lyon at the Royal Brompton. But you know, what's really interesting is like, I was always the kind of person that would go to see a doctor or have a symptom. And I'd be like, in my head, I'd be like, it's nothing. I'm sure it's absolutely fine. And now I have PTSD. Yeah. So my new worry was something's going to be wrong with my heart. Yeah. 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 And they're going to tell me something's wrong with my heart and I'm going to have like a heart problem. Yeah. You know, Tinch kept saying, you can't get cancer in the heart. And I was like, okay, great. But I can have something else wrong with my yeah. heart. Yeah, I completely relate. So Monday was not a good day. Yeah. Like 
can imagine. Even though we were like, okay, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. I was like, yeah, but we're not, we're still not there. And it's four weeks now. And when we're still not there, it's like, I still don't have a real proper diagnosis properly and I still haven't started my treatment plan. And that is... Yeah, I mean, the diagnosis, I think, I think, I don't think it's going to change. I mean, who knows? The the fact that you've got the, 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 the gene that's... Um, you know, a mutated is it? And I'm sorry if I'm explaining this. If this is not correct, my understanding. But the, the fact that the, the your your diagnosis won't change from it being thyroid cancer, even though you've got you've got the gene that. So is, so so the treatment won't change regardless yeah. of if they find that it's lung cancer yeah. after all. Yeah. Um, but you know there are like there's things you have to do before you start the treatment, yeah. and so you know and this might be too early in the conversation, but I had another classic mm-hmm. mum. Tell me, tell me. With, um, Classic mum, did you say? Yeah, I feel these deserve their own segment, if I'm honest. But yeah, their own theme music. What did mum say this week? <laughs> Definitely, we'll get like Adam yeah. Buxton to do a um, yeah. a mum cancer joke jingle. Um, or any of you listeners that want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the <laughs> yeah, go on. What did she say? She said, so when I, when I had the conversation with her after last week's news, and it was going to be a two-week wait, she said, I was chatting to my friend Pamela in Bournemouth. I love it. It already sounds like Victoria Wood. I love it. <laughs> she said, Pamela in Bournemouth, who's had cancer and all sorts of, and I won't go into it. But she just said, can't they just start her on the chemo? You know, she's going to wait two weeks. Can't they just start her on the chemotherapy? Just, just something, just get her started on a treatment. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. <laughs> like, I mean... Come on, like really? Yeah, come on, Pam. Come I on, love that. It. I love that. It's just like just anything, give anything. Anything will do. Just get it started. Just put something in her veins, in her body. So anyway, so yes, so my newest worry was, was my heart. Yeah, <laughs> and that's because the meds could have so, like side like side effects on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they need to kind of, well, check that your heart is okay to start the meds and then, yeah, and then know where they're starting from so that when they check four weeks into treatment, they can see if it's had any effect. Know that there's no, if there's a difference. Or... Yeah, so um, I was so anxious yesterday that I took a little bite of the edible. And Come on, so this is, this is live data analysis. How did it make you feel? Any better? <laughs> I mean, yesterday... Tell, tell Pam you've started on the edibles. Tell you are getting good, tell her you are getting good things in your body. Started on the edibles. That's what I do for the next two weeks. For the two week wait. Yeah, a little nibble. It was actually, it was actually Dinch's orders. It's like, okay, because yesterday, like Monday was shit. Yesterday was a bit better, and I went out with my best friend, which was lovely. But then, you see, again, it's so hard to differentiate. Like waiting and waiting with anxiety for these heart tests. Suddenly, I'm getting shortness of breath. Yes, you've suddenly just tapped into a different kind of awareness, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, shortness of breath. Okay, I don't think that's my heart, but like maybe it is my heart and maybe it's like these tumours growing all around, like my windpipes. I know that that's what's causing the cough and like I know I've got stuff in my lungs. Yeah. And, you know, so then Dinch came home and I was like, look, you know, now I'm feeling all these other symptoms. And, you know, the symptoms I have because of the cancer are like, as I've talked about, swollen, sore neck. Yeah. Here, I you know I feel sore in the collarbones because I've got lumps around my chest. Mm. I've got pain in my right rib, and there is cancer on that rib, yeah. on my eighth rib. 
but whether the pain is from the coughing and it's muscular, I, I don't know. But when I told the oncologist, she said it could be the cancer. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I am feeling like a lot, really but awesome. it kind of comes and goes. And sometimes I get like a sharp pain, like around my neck. So when I told Dinch I was having all of these things, you know, sometimes he's trying to understand, is it the cancer or is it your mind? Yeah. He was just like, yeah, do me a favor. Take a whole one. I was like, I'm just going to take a half. And I said, I have a vision. They're like tiny little gummy bears or something. And you've just like nibbled off an ear or a They're like fruit pastels, the one I've got. The ones I've got. Like, damn it. In my my imagination, you were like wading through like multicolored, like little teddy gummies. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you had had like a quarter of a gummy then. Yeah. And got into bed at eight. You sleep or did it? Well, I did. I would. I was really tired. Yeah. Um, and I was like just watching something on my laptop. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a little bit stoned, but like to the point where like I, I kind of like I'm becoming quite aware, like I'm almost coming inside my body. And then I'm like, is that a good thing? Yeah. Or am I feeling something? So I'm not sure. Like it could go either way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be a really interior experience. It could be like a really interior experience. Yeah. Or, or I yeah. don't know. But I fell asleep at 8.30. So that was nice. And then today I went to see the cardiologist. Okay. So this morning I had tests. I had um, an ECO, an ECG, ER. Oh, God, I don't know the terminology. That's really bad. But basically they kind of put those suction pads on you. And then, like, they do an ultrasound around your heart. Now, I expect my heart to go, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. And what you hear is, <laughs> yeah. It's like they're static on the line. They're static on the line. Like, what is it? Yeah, it doesn't it? Yeah. And he's doing it, and it's like, and I'm going, um, those noises are a little bit overwhelming. And he's like, oh no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. And then, you know, half an hour later, that's done. And then I see the screen, and I see like pictures of my heart, and then like one of them with like. It's orange around it. Now, the last time I saw orange around an organ was like lots and lots of orange organs around my body, which is where all the cancer is. So it's like, ah, there is cancer around my heart. And I was like, okay, just, I'm not going to ask him. He's not going to give me my results. Like, I just wait to see the doctor later. And then they do a resting heart thing. And then they do my blood pressure, which is low. I've always known it's low. So it's kind of like healthy. Yeah. And then I went to see the cardiologist, such a nice man. And you know, just explained everything. He said, I've looked at all your results from this morning. You're fine to start the drugs. Like, I can't see any reason why not. Yeah. He said, you've got a little bit more fluid around your heart than is like totally normal, but I'm not worried. And I'll put you in for an MRI on your heart, but it can, you know, you can have that in a few weeks. He doesn't have to hold anything up. Mm. So, okay. All right. Let's not focus too much on the lick of the fluid around my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more that orange highlighter. Yeah. Um, and then I get a call from my oncologist, thyroid oncologist, because she's still going to be like a point of contact for me. Um, and to say that you will be starting um, the treatment looks like next week. You will be you will be seeing um, Prof Popat, Professor Popat, who is the lung oncologist, who's very good. He will be giving you your treatment. Mm-hmm. And before you start your treatment, we have to do another PET CT scan. 
because they have to basically see, you know, the one I had was three and a half weeks ago now. So they need, they need that picture to see, okay, this is where we're starting from with the drugs and then they can measure it. I was told previously, like every, it's be probably six to eight weeks that they would like into the treatment they would do another scan. But she said within two weeks, you would see it working. Yeah. And I think I will like, yeah, we'll go and see him every week for the first four weeks or something to check any side effects, anything like that. Monitor you and keep a close eye. So well, so how do you feel with the fact that you know that your treatment is going to start, fingers crossed, next week? Yeah, because I, I said to her on the phone today, I was like, you know, every day that goes by is another day. I'm living with cancer and not, I'm not doing anything about it. That is a lot. very stressful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is weird that the shortness of breath has gone today. But that's the other thing. Like every day can, you know, some days can feel feel worse and they're not. Hmm? I said, imagine you can feel different like like day to day, like physically as well as emotionally and how much the two are are tied together. Yeah, definitely. So, yes. So they just, I think they just have to like do every check possible before I start the meds. I mean, to be honest... I don't want to know whether they're doing a brain or brain on my eye scan because they think there might be cancer on the brain. <laughs> I can just it's funny, like again, there's a sort of need to know. And you know, when I told Dinch like I should see it, the drugs working within two weeks, and he said, and, and what if they what if they're not? And I said, No, 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 no. no. We yeah. we don't go down that road. Like we just focus on them working. Um and it's so interesting, isn't it? Like the difference in, I understand his need to kind of get a sense of the bigger picture. What's he looking at? What's his next six months going to look like? Whereas I'm just like, next week, I'm going to see the lung oncologist and I'm going to be started on the drugs. Yeah. And and, and it is interesting as a sort of, you, your, your, your weeks are punctuated in, in a, by, by, by appointments and and where you've got to be for you. It's, it's, I guess it's quite delineated, quite clear where you've got to be in when but for maybe for someone with you it, it 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 does look it does look and feel different you know and I and I get in a weird way this whole thing is probably harder for him than it is for me mm. I do I do think that because he's got no control whatsoever whereas like the control I have is how I am you know kind of taking this all in and how I am living with it yeah day to day minute to minute hour to hour whereas He's not in my body. He's not part of that. Yeah. So he just doesn't, he just wants to know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And a structure and a, a plan and an outlook and a, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, just hearing you say that, uh, um, it reminded me of the questions that your friend has said that she'd like to know. Um, and what, so what is this experience demanding of you? And where are you having to dig deep? I get a real sense of that from what you're, from well from what you're saying but can you express it more fully like what it's what it's asking of you and how um, I was thinking about it today I was thinking about one of the kind of most strangest things that it's demanding of me is like a shift in identity like mm. I don't identify myself as someone who has cancer and someone who's ill you know like with a lot of cancer it's not you know, to the degree that it is even, I can't really get my head around. But like, so it's kind of like, do I need to identify as that? You know, um, I think 
that's that's a kind of interesting one. Like, I don't know that person. I don't know that person riddled with cancer. I don't I don't know her. That wasn't ever in, ever in my mindset. It's not how you describe yourself. It's not no. Yeah. So I think like that's really strange concept to kind of have an identity it's completely out of your control it's not chosen at this stage in your life in your 40s you kind of think you've got a good sense of who you are and who you identify as is sort of because of the things that you've created in your life so that's a really strange concept and um are you quite careful about how you talk to yourself about it like um I have like I can only think about mental health um parallels but you'd say like suffering from schizophrenia rather than he is schizophrenic I don't know what the but you know to kind well, of I, it's really good yeah so I try not to call it my cancer yes I mean, maybe I am saying that but I I'm trying not to because yeah I get it I get it I suppose I don't I don't want it here for too long do you know what I mean like I, I want it like you can come and go like yeah. you're a guest goodbye now yeah to own it and I think you know I had an interesting thought as well because a really good friend of mine is a um physio and you know much more than that I mean she's she's a kind of like she's she's an amazing sort of wellness guru but she's very trained in physio and pilates and she said to me look I'm offering to you what I offer to clients and friends Mm -hmm. um with cancer or chronic illness the cat's back by the way yeah hello hello um which is a free service which is to come and treat you in any which way to hold you or massage you or anything like that and you know I I love her treatments I think she's great but I just don't want to be another cancer patient in that sense because I know it sounds so weird but like her hands have been over around those people I get it I get it is this I imagine sort of like um Oh, I don't want to say a superstition or a suspicion or like, I don't, that's not where I am. That's not my energy. That's not what I, that's not what I want. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, I instantly knew that's not for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'll go and have a massage and I'll, I'll do those things, but not specifically because I have cancer or, you know. Um, so I think like, Yeah the identity thing is a big one and kind of shifting into that or not. And mm. like you say, yeah, how do I talk about the cancer? Like I've, I've got an inbox folder, my email, mm. you know, and it's called getting rid of cancer. Excellent. And that's where I have to put all, <laughs> yeah. all, all the correspondence and everything, yeah. but it's just called getting rid of cancer. And that, that's just it's what it is. It's, it's, it's your intention set strongly. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And I have this, I've been doing this meditation, which I find amazing, but I also have this like, breathe in the good cells, breathe out the bad cells. And like, you know, I can catch myself doing that. Um, and that feels quite powerful. So I've started, so my my best friend's sister, who's a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. bought me this book, um, which is from a um, film, a documentary film, Heal by Kelly Noonan Gores. I think that's backwards, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Discover your unlimited potential and awaken the powerful healer within. So <clears throat> I was like, I love this stuff. Do you know what I mean? This is amazing. Um, I've also done a lot of this stuff to know, like, there's also a lot of crap out there. Skeletons out there and snake oil people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, we've, we're old enough. We've been around the block enough to know. That, yeah. So again, you have to kind of wade through it, navigate your way around it and be careful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also what's quite difficult is like the kind of generic conversation around cancer and the very generic sort of like, you know, if you've got cancer, like focus on your sleep, focus on your emotions, focus on your nutrition, and focus on your toxins. And it's like, okay, if only it was that simple, you know. Thanks, Pam, for those pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think what is really fascinating is like hearing other people's stories. And even those I'm a bit skeptical. I'm like, are those real stories? Just putting someone's name and then telling me a story. Like, how do I know it really happened? I know it's so, true. Yeah. There is this woman who um, I should find her name because she's really interesting Anita Morjani is her name, Anita Morjani. Mm-hmm. And she sort of went down the naturopath route and then found herself in, in a coma. This was like four years into having cancer. And this coma was like the end of her life. And she went to the other side. Mm-hmm. So she talks a lot, you know, about what she experienced like in the coma. She knew everything that was being spoken around her. Mm-hmm. And she basically kind of like, met with her father on the other side and they'd always had a turbulent relationship and he was kind of like, this was pure love, what she saw and felt from him. Um, I mean, she's quite, it's quite amazing how she describes being on the other side. She was like, you know, vision is just 360 and, you know, it's quite interesting. Like, this, But she said she kind of, she felt so much better over there. She didn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. But she came back nonetheless and all her cancer healed. I mean, look, this sounds, again, very woo-woo, but look it up. It's an amazing story. But the point is that she can now really talk about life in an interesting way Mm. and the one thing that really struck me was how she talked about experience experience how do we experience our life and we can choose how we experience things and what you know she said look she was broke after this experience because her husband lost his job she wasn't working and she sort of instead of freaking out that she was like she didn't have any money she was like okay I'm in this experience where I have no money and I didn't know where my money's going to come from but I know that I will work and I will earn an income and that's okay like this experience is teaching me what I do want kind of thing and I just thought okay well I'm going through an experience like I am and like I can decide how that experience plays out, you know, with, with waves of anxiety and difficult yeah, things coming in. That's yeah. okay. But but you, you have a, there is, a, I guess, I agree with that. But then I also worry that, I don't know, it puts too much pressure on you to like respond in like, I don't know, respond or react uh, in a particular, in a particular way. But yeah, there are those moments that you do have a choice in how you, um, yeah, how you, how you react, how you respond, how you, um, process and um, deal with what's coming towards you and you can yeah and, and one... you're right because like yesterday you know it was very very hard for me to just say this is an experience you know yeah. go with it Katie yeah. 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 whereas you know I was freaking out and felt like I couldn't breathe and my heart was going to be playing yeah. on me um so yes it's not a constant no, it's, it's not. an interesting it's an interesting perspective yeah. and when I can catch like clarity and those moments and say this is an experience like I'm going to experience it's um that steadiness having that filter on it yeah it's just it's quite a good reality check yeah Yeah. I guess watching it either unfold around you or um move through you and know you're just passing through passing through this like a station you know um 
uh, yeah. It's a, it sounds, feels like a really positive thing to be able to come back to. Or to yeah. To. And I think, you know, like any of these things, they kind of start to find another person yeah. and another interesting story and another. But yes, that mindset. And look, what's the placebo effect? I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. With, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So it's really fascinating what the brain can do. Um, and that's what I'm, you know, that's kind of what all the meditation and all of that stuff is like, okay, you know, it's really like even today with the heart, you know, I was like, come on, heart, like, you got this, come on, and just trying to see the heart. And I was like, I wish I'd paid more attention, like in biology, biology class. Yeah, what does it look like again. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's why, and I felt I felt like okay, yeah, today. Um, again, it's like I said last time. You know, you just want a bit. It's like you get used to the bad news, and it's like oh, it's a bit of good news. There's a smidgen of good news, and just to get out of this sitting with cancer and doing nothing about it phase. Oh, yeah, yeah, not fun. The days must feel really long as well. Like when you're waiting, like that must be incredibly hard to, yeah, yeah, sit in that time. Yeah, definitely. But I guess that answers the question: What's it demanding of you, and and how are you, and how are you digging deep? Yeah. The other thing I'm doing, just to, um, is um, I do really find the gratitude journal like incredibly effective. It it has been for me. I mean, I haven't done it like. Did you do it previously? Did you have you done it? I've done it. Yeah, I've done it over the years. I've done it over the years where you know I can go through phases. Um, but I would say for six seven years I've done it really okay yeah and it's a great practice in the morning because it's just you know rather than sitting on my phone or sitting you know it's like a great 20 minutes you thank not just what you have but like the way you want things to be as though they are as they oh, they're already happened mm. yeah that's quite powerful as well and also, I guess it's a good meditative moment for you, like before the day, before the day starts and whatever else is to come, you've got that moment to set, to set yourself and get clear about, you know, that's your identity, isn't it? I guess as part of it is the things you're grateful for and what you want to, you know, yeah. bring forth as much as anything. Yeah. Hmm. I might have to try it. I normally just, I normally just do it mentally and I'm like, mm, my dog. <laughs> oh definitely the dog's always the dog's always the dog's always the dog my, my family obviously yeah and so what is the next um milestone where are we so so, you, so tomorrow they literally just called me 8 40 a.m i have to be at the royal milestone for a brain mri okay and i think they do that with contrast so they inject you so that you can see what's, what. see what's there and then at some point tomorrow or friday i'll have the Pet CT, and then on Tuesday I see Prof Popat. Yeah, so that's Tuesday that your fingers crossed starts it all. Fingers crossed, and more than that, yeah, you're on my mind a lot. Um, Well, listen, hope the next few days go well. I will be thinking of you, Um, and um, well, speak in between, but speak next week if you feel up to it. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking with Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify, or Google. 
It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye.